welcome on a beautiful, beautiful morning. We are uh, back in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Today at uh, a Wild Ridge Golf Course uh, here in Eau Claire. And uh, it is, uh, man, it was a little cloudy earlier today. It is now picture perfect. If you're watching on the Bud Light live stream uh, on the, uh, I don't know if this is, I think this is nine on the ninth hole uh, coming up to the approach for the, uh, for the clubhouse. But that being said, uh, good to be here. We have got one of our cigar dinners coming up here later on tonight again. And uh, we're going to be here this evening and play a little golf this afternoon, be here this evening for another cigar dinner, and then heading back to Milwaukee. Uh, Tuesday, Not uh, I'll be honest, I'm not quite sure where I'm at. I know that on Wednesday, excited to announce that Wednesday, uh, a change in programming. Wednesday, the huddles are back. Not on Thursday this season, but on Wednesday. And Wednesday, we are going to be at our first location yet to be determined. I'm waiting to find out today where we're going to be. But make sure you're listening on Wednesday night, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. As uh, the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light is back. So uh, excited about that. Also want to say welcome back. WJJQ, our friends in the Northwoods in Tomahawk. Good to have you back on the network and we are so happy you're back with us for an entire season of Packers football. So glad to have everybody listening in the Northwoods back as well. So all of that going on, uh, the motorcycle ride, we are less than two weeks away. We're uh, trying to garner as much support and as much momentum now as the weather looks good. 82 and sunny is what they're telling me as of right now. Now we know it's two weeks out and the weather forecast can certainly change. But 82 and sunny, minimal chance of rain right now. So that's awesome. So a lot of good things trending uh, in the right direction. Speaking of trending in the right direction, the uh, the Jordan Love saga continues. He looked good. For somebody that's been really hard on Jordan Love, he looked pretty good. Now, he did have the series in which he threw four completions. Uh, the, 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 the series itself broke down, uh, but the scoring pass he threw to Romeo Dubs, extremely solid. The pass and the out pattern. To uh, Romeo Dubs, really solid. The the one to Torre, boy, I tell you what, he faked everybody out on play action in the third quarter of that ball game. Faked everybody out and just threw it up beyond the fingertips of Torre, who had Torre actually dove, he would have caught it, but chances are he probably would have been out of bounds out, out of bounds at that point. But nevertheless, Jordan Love looked better. He looked like I, I'm not going to say this. High-end quarterback, and people want to slot him into all these different teams and such and say, well, he's a, he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah, sure he is. He's in the NFL. He's playing in the NFL, so sure he's an NFL quarterback. How good he is, I don't know. I don't know. Have to wait and see if, in, if indeed at all, if he gets any playing time. But he looked better in the preseason game. Did he look great? No, of course not. He still missed some throws. He led Josiah Aguara too much. Had he actually hit Josiah Aguara in the hands, chances are it's probably a score. Uh, but he, he didn't look bad. He he didn't look um, um, lost, we'll say. Uh, the scramble capability was good. The, uh, the feet were better. Not great, but better. Uh, we'll talk with Eric Branchek coming up a little bit later on today about what he saw on film. But things were better. Things were better. And then news comes down yesterday that, oh, by the way, number 69 is now practicing as he is back from the pup list. Now, will he go full go? Of course not. 
But at least now he is off the pup list, David Bakhtiari, and uh, that is trending in the right direction. Then, in addition to that, you got Christian Watson fully participating now, and it seems like he's pretty much ready to go, and he's going to start catching passes this week. So, for the most part, things are pretty good right now for the Packers. Uh, I tell you what, some of the standouts that, that we saw this past weekend, man, uh, McDuffie was all over the joint. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I like that. Isaiah McDuffie, the inside linebacker, loved the way he hits. Wow, he was he was really solid. The outside linebacking position, Garvin looked pretty good. Um, you know, there's a there's a few other. Uh, Enigbari looked pretty good. Uh, there's a few other guys in there that, you know, worked bad. I thought Micah Abernathy, uh, maybe they found themselves something in Abernathy. Abernathy had a really solid game. Um, so I, you know, there, there were some guys that stood out, some guys on the depth chart that stood out. And, uh, as, um, uh, Mike Clemens and I were sitting next to one another in the, uh, the press box watching that game on Friday night. And both of us kind of looked at each other when it came to McDuffie and, and Igbari and Mike had looked at me and said, yeah, these guys really locked in this week. It really seemed like things began to click for them. And sure enough, it, uh, it started to, uh, started to show on the field on Friday night. So. I thought not a bad night, not a great night. You know, it was a little bit sloppy. Special teams are still somewhat of a work in progress, and I'm the whole roll call to the ball wasn't happening. Uh, the wee fence wasn't happening. All of that kind of stuff. But uh, I thought overall it was it was decent. Uh, and the bottom line is this: we have yet to see the ones. I mean, that's that's the truth. We've yet to see the ones. So we don't really even know what this team has. What we're trying to find is is additional depth that's going to make this team decent. You know, if indeed guys go down. That's it. Nothing more than that. Uh, if you want to chime in, 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. Find us there. Also, you can find us at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Ben Kenny off uh, all week. Ebo's filling in. Ebo and uh, Rowdy are filling in. Which, by the way, Ebo, you're, you're in right now, right? Oh, yeah. I'm right here, Bill. Which, by the way, the rant... From Rowdy earlier today, I, we got to play it back. If you can Oof. get it, we got to play it back. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll piece it together is. right now. It is uh, R- R- Rowdy's life is full of rants about just about everything, but this was a pretty good one yes. on the Brewers. Uh, on the Milwaukee Brewers, he there there wasn't a whole lot there that I can completely disagree with, because on the most part, he's pretty right uh, about a lot of that stuff. And uh, the only thing I can say is when he got to the point part about well, we're just going to throw counsel out too. I thought, you know, and the next statement was a yes man to the owner. Everybody's a yes man to the owner. You're not going to change that. No no manager's coming in and saying, get out of my face. So that's the only difference. And I think Craig Council, for what he's been able to do, now it's not perfect, we all know that, but for what he's been able to do with the talent he's been given to be able to keep the team relevant and in the postseason, I think he's done a better than average job. I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not excited about tossing Craig Council out the door. But the rest of it, uh, I can't disagree with. Um, I know he's been high on Keston Hira. Keston Hira, you know, there oh. are times where he struggled. It's so bad, it's been bad. Now he's he's got it. He seems like mentally he's got it. He's locked back in. He's changed a few things. Uh, I know that uh, Council has talked about it. And now he seems to be locked back in. But every time they put him up against lefties, it seems like they set him up to fail. You bat him against a righty, and he's just been all over it. So I, I, I'm not a big fan of setting him up for failure to put him in against lefties, but if you put him in in the right situation, he's been productive. 
Well, Bill, there's this uh, I mean, here are two home runs yesterday, by the way. He had a home run off a lefty earlier this year. But, Bill, if you want, Rowdy is going to be in here at 11 o'clock to just because I'll be back around, I'd say, noon. But Rowdy will be in at 11 o'clock board hopping. If you want yeah. another rant, all you got to do is say, hey, Rowdy, Brewers, go. And he'll, yeah. he'll, yeah. he'll I'm, go. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to poke the bear. Absolutely. But that, oh, that was mad. just like he's he started just to go bing, 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 bing. He's a Braves fan now. I thought. And I, th- yeah, I, you know, after watching the two of the three of those Cub games, uh, I, I don't blame him. Well, Saturday uh, was so just, bad, dude. Saturday to me oh, was the was nail awful. in the coffin for the Brewers. They could have won that game three times. Christian Yelich was awful. It was that game was just bad. You know what? It was funny because we went to a Buffett, and we were sitting down at uh, the Buffett show just before. Uh, we went inside, and we were kind of watching the game on phones, so to speak. And we were like, okay, you know, it looks like they're going to win this game. And then we put our phones away. And then after the concert, we went down uh, to the chalet, the, the Alpine Valley Chalet, and we're having a pizza, and we're talking. We said, well, what that Brewers score end up? Okay, let me look at it real quick. What the? Could not believe they ended up losing that game. And you start to read the play-by-play and then the recap and then watching the highlights, and you're like, what the hell? It's just so bad. And and it's just, you know, the the trade, the bottom line of the trade has not worked out for either side, to be perfectly honest with you, because uh, Hayter has also, also faltered with the with the Padres. But I think part of it could be just he really was comfortable in Milwaukee and just doesn't like playing for another team, and that's happened too. But I do think that the, the trade was just merely a money dump. And going back to what uh, Rowdy had to say about going all in and just always dangling that carrot but never fully – you know, kind of pushing all that money to the middle of the table. I couldn't agree more. So it was epic rant, and we got to hear it coming up a little bit later on the show for sure. Uh, and in the meantime, we also have um, some of the uh, some of the uh, quotes and comments coming out of uh, the game from the other night. We're going to get into that discussion. We got uh, Mike Clements. Mike Clements had a pretty good Q and A. Uh, him and the media back and forth with Jordan Love, which was rather interesting. So we'll get into that coming up here a little bit later on as well. But what did you think of Jordan Love? So I, I guess if you want to take what the bigger story was coming out of the weekend, one is the uh, it could be the return of David Bakhtiari. It could be that the Brewers are all but dead. Uh, is there you know true love now for Jordan Love? Uh, do you see something there? Uh, I get it that the Brewers are a game and a half out of the wild card with 42 games to go. Not out of it yet, but uh, the hope is somewhat fading after watching them play two out of three over the weekend. So what is the bigger story coming out of the weekend? What are your big thoughts? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up again, 877-867-1670. Find us. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Give us a shout. Um. Let's do this. Uh, I got a couple of emails to get to here. Uh, this one's from Mark. Mark, by the way, says that uh, the Brewers are dead. Can't watch this team anymore. Saturday was it. They're pathetic. Ever since the trade, they have not been able to get out of their own way. Craig Council doesn't know what the F he's doing. And Mark Antanasio is a cheap, lying B-word. Uh, so there you go. Wow. That's a little That's a little harsh. It's a little harsh. 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. This one is from Jacob, who says, Biggest story of the weekend was that Jordan Love completed some passes and actually rolled out and looked decent. I'm not going to say he looked good or great, but he looked better than what he has in the past. Uh, Dale says, uh, by all means, 
Jordan Love looks as if he could take over for Aaron Rodgers and at least win us a game. He's not ready to be a full-time starting quarterback in the National Football League, and that says something about a guy that was drafted in the first round. Uh, Derek says, hey, guys, uh, good to have you back in God's country. We'll see you later on this afternoon at Wild Ridge Golf Course. Looking forward to it. Any good stories to tell? Save it for tonight. And then Adam says, uh, glad to have you on back in the Northwoods. My God, it's been uh, far too long. So, Adam, appreciate it. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. More of the Bill Michael Show broadcasting live, Wild Ridge Golf Course here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We'll be back right after this. We are uh, we're live. We're here at Wild Ridge Golf Course. We're in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I love this place. Uh, beautiful golf course, and looking forward to the golf outing and cigar dinner subsequently afterwards. So looking forward to that later on this afternoon. Brought to you by our friends at Tobacco Outlet Plus Grocery. And uh, can't wait for that. Then getting back into the Milwaukee area uh, tomorrow, and then our first huddle coming up on Wednesday. Uh, and again, welcome to our friends at WJJQ uh, up in Tomahawk, Wisconsin, in the Northwoods. Good to be back in the Northwoods. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be up there in uh, about three weeks, three, four weeks from now. I uh, Coming up on the, well, the 12th and the 13th, I'm going to be in Chippewa Falls on the 12th. Going to be back in La Crosse on the 13th, and then Tuesday night the 13th, I will be heading into Tomahawk, and then the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, Going to be hanging out uh, up there and enjoying the Northwoods and the Tomahawk Fall Ride and, and can't wait for all of that. Really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always is a lot of fun. Hopefully the weather's great. Hopefully it's warm because I've been up there a couple of times and it's been it's been frigid to say the very least. little nippy cruising around at night. But also you've got uh, the Bonnie and Clyde's Gangsters Park. They're going to be playing host on that Saturday night to uh, Jackal. On seven on the seventeenth, Jackal's big show up there. So uh, Gangsters Park's gonna be packed, packed with people. Give me a good time. Looking forward to it. Uh, anyway, so uh, what did you find the biggest story to be this past weekend? Jordan Love playing better, Bakhtiari being back, Brewers somewhat just treading water and floating like a turd on top of the bowl right now. What was the bigger story of the weekend? Give me your thoughts, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Eric. Eric says uh, the biggest story has to be that Jordan Love didn't look putrid. He at least looked like he was a serviceable draft choice, not that he was a number one, but serviceable. That's from Eric. I think Jordan Love, you look at Jordan Love's numbers, and well, while they're not you know, eye-popping and jumping off the chart by any stretch of the imagination, just watching him play, and and first of all, let me say this: it was great to be back at Lambeau Field in the press box, and I had uh, done a little walkthrough uh, on my uh, way into the press box on the mezzanine up top on the mezzanine, and which was great. It was well received, and thanks to everybody that watched it. 
but people were asking why weren't we there all the time. They limited the amount of, first of all, uh, contact that was actually going to be with the players and the locker rooms weren't completely open and the vaccinations and the COVID and how many people were actually going to be around. And it just, it, it was, we had Mike Clemens on the ground everywhere the Packers went, he went. So we, I, nobody else really needed to be there, but there is something specifically said to being there. And to watch Jordan Love up close and personal, 12 of 24, 113 yards, a touchdown. No picks, by the way. No picks, by the way. Had a 21-yard pass uh, a little bit later on in the uh, game to Juwan Winfrey, which was nice. Like I said, the 17-yard pass to Dubs. He put that that pass to Dubs was dropped in a basket. That was a really good pass because Dubs had triple coverage. He had a safety coming. He had a safety over the top, and he had a corner underneath. And 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 Jordan Love put it right there for the 17-yard reception. That was, to me, that might have been his most impressive play. The rollout, the rollout in which he threw to Torre, and Torre, it, it hit off his fingertips. And they're, they're probably going to tell Torre when you go to, the, you know, study the film, son, you got to bring that in. That was a hell of a play. you got to bring that in. So that, that throw to Torre... I thought was pretty solid, but not so much just the throw, but the fact that it was play action and he started out going to his right, rolled to his left. I mean, faked everybody out. You could just see the entire front line of the offense and the defense doing what they were supposed to do. Defensively, they were completely faked out. The the defensive backs completely faked out, except for the back trailing the play, covering Torre, and he just uh, ran out of room. Torre was... Coming up, butting up against the uh, sidelines, the throw was just a little off, but it was a really quality play. So there were glimpses. There were glimpses. There were some things there that I thought, okay, this is stuff that you can build upon. This is stuff that will be better, that you can say, okay, I understand now maybe some of the things that they have seen in him, but it's taken so long to get the consistency of glimpses. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not. I'm not here to all of a sudden jump to the other side and, uh, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm on the Jordan Love bandwagon. That's not it. I was never off of the Jordan Love bandwagon. What I said was I never thought he was this high-end, first-round draft pick worthy quarterback. He, If they would have chosen him in the, in the fourth or fifth round, I'd be saying, hey, look, he's, he's starting to show you some glimpses. Who knows? Maybe he's got the making of a quarterback. But with the weight of being a first-round draft choice comes the expectation of being able to play in the National Football League almost immediately. And up until this point, he hasn't been. That's my point, and that's my argument. So, I think Jordan Love played better. I don't think he played great. But at least he gave you a little bit to kind of kind of glimpse at. You know what I'm saying? Um, Rick says, I keep waiting for Wyatt to show me something. They're not getting a ton of snaps. Not to say that, you know, they have to, but not getting a ton of snaps. They're with those starters, man. They're, they're because they're expected to be eventually starters or heavy depth rotation guys. Not getting a ton of snaps. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Why in on what I remember, just a couple of tackles. Nothing huge. No big blow up plays or anything like that. Like I said, I was impressed with McDuffie. Uh, I thought he played uh, really solid. Played himself onto the team. Uh, I'm waiting to see what happens with Abernathy. They've been searching for good safeties. Vernon Scott ends up with the shoulder injury. Um, you had uh, um, Innes Gaines, Carpenter, 
uh, Abernathy, uh, Levitt, all those guys. Levitt probably uh, on the outside end, but uh, you've got uh, Abernathy who really kind of showed you something. So I'm just waiting to kind of see what uh, what they're going to do this week in practice, and they've got one more game coming up on Thursday night to really kind of prove themselves. 877-867-1670 if you want to head us up. I mean, Wyatt, by the way, only got in on, what was it, 26 snaps, like 41% of the snaps when I read yesterday. Uh, on my way out here, I was kind of, I got here last night. Uh, it was in the RV, stayed in the RV last night. And uh, sat at the table, just kind of started reading stats and started reading, you know, some of the some of the snap counts and the plays and what they had them doing and looking at some of the film. And and uh, they're not doing anything dynamic with with Wyatt right now, um, and, or Quay Walker for that matter. Uh, this one is from uh, lo- from Scott says, "I love to see 69 Bakhtiari back in the practice field." All that's left on the pup list is Crosby. Uh, Crosby, yes. Crosby is, um, from what I understand, going to be close to ready come the opener. And it didn't seem to be where Matt LaFleur had any real heavy concern for Mason Crosby. So I agree it's, you know, he's the only guy. It is a little concerning because you, you, the, the surgery on the knee, I mean, that's the leg that has all the swing. It has all the centrifugal force. It has all the snap. So, yes, there is a level of concern. But remember, he was just out last week. He's kicking a soccer ball around and, uh, and starting to kind of, you know, put that leg through its paces a little bit. I don't know how much this will upset his swing. Uh, I, 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 at the beginning of the uh, of camp, I really looked for Mason Crosby to come back um, to, to be able to, you know, play again, so to speak, like it was not going to be a big deal. And last year was more process than it was the actual procedure, so to speak, of actually kicking the football. I think more so it was the snap, Bajorquez, the hold. Things just were, were going awry. It continued to be a problem. And then it became kind of a hiccup in his delivery. And I think it just became a snowball effect to where they were missing kicks. I, I really thought this year with Pat O'Donnell coming in, changing the, uh, the long snapper, I thought, you know, okay, they're going to be a lot better. And I'm just kind of waiting for Crosby to come back and prove me right because I'm really hoping for that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Mark says, oh, what about Ty Summers? Only 32 snaps. Give me your thoughts. Ty Summers had uh, a couple of plays. He's been a really good special teamer. And I've always said if Ty Summers is going to make this team, he will show you things. His, his rookie season, he was sideline to sideline guy. He was blowing plays up. He looked really good. And you're like, wow, this guy, you talk about opening an eye. And then he, you know, obviously didn't start, didn't really get in on that many snaps. Certainly in the middle linebacking position, for the most part, is filled at this point. And then you take into account that he's become really solid on special teams. That's the way he's making the team. So if you've got somebody as a backup, say, say you look at a guy like McDuffie, say Ladarius Hamilton becomes extremely solid or Ray Wilburn, uh, those guys, say they become really, really solid. Um, uh, Chris Barnes remains uh, serviceable as well. Maybe Ty Summers doesn't make this team if those guys can play can play uh, special teams because McDuffie's looked good. Barnes has obviously had quality snaps. Quay Walker, you're not getting rid of. Devondre Campbell's going to be there. Now it's up to Ray Wilburn or Ty Summers, and then the numbers game as to who, uh, how many middle linebackers are going to keep. Ty Summers. He's looked okay, but he where he really needs to shine and continue to shine is in uh, is in the in, in the special teams area. 
as that uh, as that head-on gunner, that guy that's explosive. Uh, Rick says Heflin keeps playing well, and he's an effort guy. I agree with that. Jack Heflin, I, he he reminds me a lot of back when um, Tyler Lancaster was trying to make the team, and Tyler Lancaster by his peers kept they, they kept saying, "Got to watch this guy. Got to watch that guy." Tyler, Tyler Lancaster is a guy that just came with a motor. He was just blue collar, in the trenches, junkyard dog, workhorse. Didn't have all the talent in the world, and that's ultimately the reason he's not here now. Didn't have all the talent, the size, the speed, the bulk, but he's just a workhorse. Heflin reminds me of being that guy. That's who Heflin reminds me of. So I'm I'm looking at Heflin saying, yeah. And the other guy that I think he's pushing, you look at a guy like T.J. Slayton. T.J. Slayton's got to be more consistent. We have seen at times spurts out of him, but T.J. Slayton's going to have to be a guy that's consistent. I can see the rotation being like Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Jack Heflin, those those five guys getting a lot of run. T.J. Slayton is going to get some time, but he's got to be as can see. He looked good in the first preseason game. He did. Um, and I have, you didn't hear his name called a lot in this last contest. But uh, Jack Heflin, uh, 62% of the snaps he ended up playing. T.J. Slayton played 45 snaps, 71%. Of the uh, of the snaps, he ended up getting a chance to play this past contest, and like I said, has looked good. I just want to see more consistency out of him. That's all. I think T.J. Slayton, uh, for the, for what they're asking him to do, for what they're asking him to do, I you know just a couple of tackles. He wasn't like blowing things up, but he had he had stalemates at the line of scrimmage. He was able to get cut off some cutback lanes, and then there were times that all of a sudden he was just gone. He was downfield, which uh, you never want to be. 877-867-1670. Hey, our friends at Boondocks. I was out there yesterday, uh, and love, first of all, love the place. The food is fantastic, and the Bang Bang Strip was fantastic. But that being said, they also donated to the uh, to the Fisher House golf outing yesterday, which was nice. It, it, they're great people right out there on County Road K and Oconomowoc. Again, Boondocks Barbecue, Burgers, and Brews. The burger I had yesterday was Perfect, perfect, medium rare, had some onions, build your own burger, onions, cheese, jalapenos on it. Oh, it was so good. Get those chips. I, I like chips with mayonnaise or barbecue sauce, not a big just ketchup guy. So did a little bit of that yesterday. We had the Bang Bang Shrimp for a starter. So good, so good. Go out and say hi to everybody out at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They do a lot of great things in the area. They're a big supporter of the Fisher House and a big supporter of our motorcycle ride coming up in less than two weeks. And my assumption is Tom and the gang, they're going to have more than a few bikes that are going to be joining us on Sunday, September 4th. Hopefully you do as well. But don't forget about our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. And if you want to get signed up, you're watching on the Bud Light live stream right now, Sunday, September 4th, less than two weeks away. you got to get signed up. Get that pre-reg going. We're running out of time, and the weather looks to be good, so you can start going ahead and nodding to your friends and signing up now. 15th annual poker run benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin, for military members, veterans, and their families. At, uh, they, they need the house at probably one of their, their most, I, I guess, vulnerable times when you're getting health care 
at the VA and your loved ones in the, in the hospital getting some serious things done, you need that Fisher House to support you, and that's what, we, that's what we're here to do. So can you help us support them? Again, you can sign up today. Simply go to fisherhousewi.org, fisherhousewi.org, and go to the events page, and you can scroll down, and it's right there. Get signed up today for this amazing ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. And even if you're not a motorcyclist, send it to somebody who is. We, we can't do this without you. Please, please come out and help us. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Coming up here after the top of the hour, Eric Baranchak of the Green Bay Press Gazette is going to be joining us. Glad to have him back this year. Going to break down the film, talk a lot about Jordan Love and his thoughts. He was... He was pretty critical uh, regarding Jordan Jordan Love last week, so we want to kind of get his take on it this week. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis. Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. Doesn't matter what kind it is because they carry so many different makes and models and uh, a lot new, used as well, gently used as they like to say. Uh, if it's Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Dutch River, or Dutchman, I should say, Forest River, or Thor, or Heartland, Crossroads, they do it. They've got it all. All you got to do is stop in and check it out. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. You can find them all up and down 90, 94, 43, 41, 45. Cunis is everywhere in the state of Wisconsin and growing beyond the borders as well. And they do consignment. Get a hold of them over at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. Still offering top dollar for your trade-ins, consignment, and some low-interest financing. They're trying to keep it as low as possible in a day and time in which uh, the interest rates are dry, raising uh, dramatically, Cunis is trying to keep it down for you. So go to CunisRV.com. Back at Wild Ridge Golf Course here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, give me your thoughts on the Green Bay Packers this past Friday night. Obviously, uh, the final preseason game coming up on uh, Thursday night. They're going to be in Kansas City. Uh, 598 days. It's been since David Bakhtiari's been back. He uh, comes off the pup list yesterday. That's how long it's been since he tore the ACL. 598 days. 598 days. It was the harsh reality check that he uh, he ended up facing because of all the different setbacks, all the problems. Uh, but, yeah, he was activated from the team's pup list yesterday. And Matt LaFleur quick to say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, as far as his availability goes, he's not going to jump right back in and start playing. But you do figure at some point he needs to get in to get some action. Uh, it comes precisely seven days after the Packers activated three players from the pup list, including Elton Jenkins, their big offensive lineman, uh, coming off of his Pro Bowl campaign when he got the ACL tear on November 21st in Minnesota. He's yet to really participate in the 11-on-11 drills. The good news is Christian Watson is back at the 11-on-11 drills. So it seems like at least for right now, they're getting healthy at the right time. There's certainly a scenario where the Packers have both Bakhtiari and Jenkins back into the offense, possibly by the regular season opener. And how they're going to shuffle, kind of the combination remains to be seen. But having just one of the linemen available completely, Changes the construction of the offense. Um, early projections, John Runyon Jr. maybe moved to left guard. Jenkins would commandeer one of the two spots on the right side of the line. He's taken just one career snap at right guard, 33 at right tackle. 
Uh, so most likely he would be your tackle. If not for week one, the Packers should have both in a lineup at some point early in the season. Bakhtiari goes to left tackle. Jank is probably at right tackle. Uh, the Packers no longer have the luxury of placing them uh, on the pup list, by the way, to begin the year, which would prompt them to miss the first four weeks of the season. So the Packers are pretty confident that they're close, both guys close to full health, which is good. And uh, and now you just kind of wait and see uh, if they're able to you know fully come back and be ready for the, the regular season opener or if you got to take it a little bit slower than that. Uh, I know Bakhtiari's played a lot of years. He talked about that. Uh, so you're never going to be 100%. He said there's definitely a, you know acute situation, which I would have uh, said many times, would love for it to be a very typical, easy, just go in there one time, clean it up, and we're good to go type of thing. So it's, it's, But it's not that way. And Bakhtiari going to have to deal with some of the rust that he's sustained over the last almost two years now since he's really played some meaningful extended football. So... Uh, all is not completely right with the world, but at least it's trending in the ra- that direction. The best way to put it. There you go. Uh, this is from uh, AT&T Dave, who says, great to have back back. Uh, B-A-K, by the way. Uh, he also says, do you think Elton Jenkins remains at the right tackle position, or do you think until Jenkins decides to sign a long-term contract that he wants to play the left tackle until Bakhtiari comes back to prove that he can. we, You know what? Mike Clemens talked about this past, uh, I think it was Friday, uh, we had talked a little bit about that. If you're Elton Jenkins, now there's two things. One, what's completely 110% best for the team. And then two, what's best for Elton Jenkins, who's going to be coming up on a contract. If Elton Jenkins, maybe his people, say, hey, look, we feel our value is capable to play both tackles and therefore maybe just maybe we would rather have Elton until David Bakhtiari comes back play left tackle and nowhere else because we want to prove what his value is the Packers are going to say you know what we need him at right tackle we don't want to disrupt too many other portions of the line he's been a right tackle we know that he can play left in a pinch but this is what we want because we feel it's best for the team you could end up finding yourself in a little bit of a, a, a hurt feeling and or stalemate situation. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's certainly not outside of the realm of possibility for a an agent with an opportunity like this to get in the ear of his guy and say, hey, you know what? That might not be be a bad thing if uh, if he can play some left tackle and prove that he can and say, look at my versatility, look at my value, which we all know equates to money. So there's some thoughts there. Let's go to Mike in West Dallas. Mike, welcome to the program, The Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, Bill. How's it going? Good Monday to you. Good Monday. What's up? Uh, so I just want to make some observations on the Packer game uh, over the weekend. So I thought Jordan Love looked really good again. I think the stats don't really tell the full story. Uh, the last couple of weeks, he looks like a legit NFL starter to me. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, but he looks like an average NFL starter out there. And that's that's a heck of a lot better than he was last year and, and the year before that. You know, he had those beautiful passes to Samari, Samari Toure, Romeo Dubs, and Amari Rodgers, pinpoint accuracy with all those balls, and they were all dropped. You know, if, if those guys mm-hmm. actually make those plays, it's a different ball game, different stat line, and then the Tyler Davis fumble sure didn't help. That guy needs to be cut, by the way. He's been terrible. Yeah, um, he's been and bad. then there was, yep. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then there was a lot of conservative play calling by uh, Matt LaFleur in the second half with run plays and short passes and everything. So all in all, Jordan Love, you look great. And I think what this does, Bill, is it gives them options going forward. I think in the future, you know, after this year, I think they no longer need to be beholden to Aaron Rodgers because I think Jordan Love will be ready at this time next year to, to take the helm. Um, Amari Rodgers, I don't think he makes this football team. You know, I know he looks quicker than he did last year, but he doesn't get a ton of separation. Uh, he never seems to be on the same page with Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I think Juwan Renfrey is the better wide receiver at this point, you know, from everything that I've seen. Uh, and then my last point is, you know, I know we've talked about Romeo Dubs, but he looks like a star to me. I think that guy is going to be a star NFL receiver. He reminds me a lot of Greg Jennings. Um, the guy gets open on virtually every play. And I, I look at it this way, Bill, are any defensive coordinators in the NFL afraid of Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, or Sammy Watkins? Now, no. would defensive no. coordinators be afraid of Romeo Dubs? I think the answer is uh, yes. I- I think at this point, yes. Uh, if he starts to catch the ball on on a consistent basis, as far as no drops, then he becomes really a serious weapon. Because I think, and that's usually the last thing to come. Because right now you're just trying to concentrate on the route. You're not cutting it off. You're being where you're supposed to be, catching the ball in a window, turning your head at the right time, still working on separation moves. So catching the ball becomes almost secondary to everything else that you're trying to remember at this point in time. Once his instincts take over. Then he goes back to catching the football, and I think he's going to be really, really good. I agree with you. I think he's a star in the making. I thought he was. I mean, you listen to the show. You know I've been promoting him for a long time. I thought Dubs was the better of the two wide receivers. I think Christian Watson's a work in progress. I think Dubs was ready to go right here right now because he's just got that kind of ability. But right now you're not overwhelmingly scheming for Romeo Dubs until he begins to burn you on a consistent basis. But I agree with you. I think he's probably going to end up being the guy before it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said last week, Bill, the cream will rise to the top, I think. I don't think it matters what the week one starters are. And, you know, there was two comments that Matt LaFleur made by, uh, you know, about uh, Romeo Dubs last week. He said that, you know, when he makes mistakes, he he comes right back and he makes a play. And then the other thing that he says, you know, he's had some drops, but at the same time, you know, you ca- you cannot teach you know a guy that can can get consistent separation, and that's something Romeo dubs right off the bat. So there's a big bowl of clay to work with, and I I think he will emerge as the number one starter before it's all said and done. I would agree with it, Mike. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for giving us yep. a buzz as always. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up, find us. Would love to have you. Hey, if you are looking for hockey tickets. And getting ready for some postseason hockey, uh, boy, you got to start somewhere, right? And that's the Milwaukee Admirals. They went into the Calder Cup playoffs last year, got their first series win in a while. They feel they're on the right path for even more, and they're going to have a tremendous season ahead at UWM Panther Arena. Get a hold of the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Get your tickets now for everything, special events, dates, concerts, all that stuff. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. 
In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice on the Ray Nitschke Field. Head coach Matt LaFleur announced that after 20 months and three knee surgeries, David Bakhtiari has finally been cleared to practice. So Dave's coming off pup today. He'll be out there at practice. He's only going to do individual, so... You guys can, like, just temper the expectations because I know there's going to be a bunch of questions now. It'll just be individual. It's just the next step. But we are excited to get him out there on the grass, and, you know, we'll take it one day at a time. The All-Pro Tackle told reporters a number of factors led to a meeting over the weekend with GM Brian Gutekinst. It's a mix between where we at in the rehab, where we at uh, on their end, and I think they cleared some stuff up. We were in a certain situation, and it just kind of aligned where it's like, okay, this is the next step with collectively with us together moving forward uh, with me being a part of this team. So me and uh, Goody had a conversation. I'm like, great. The Packers have a short week. They fly to Kansas City to face the Chiefs this Thursday night. Green Bay now with a 1-1 one and one record in the preseason after beating the Saints 20-10 to 10 here at Lambeau Field. New Orleans struggled giving up an interception, a fumble, and flagged by the refs nine times. They're now 0-2. Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Disappointed in the loss. Too many penalties. Turn the ball over, and we let them run the ball on us. Doesn't matter whether it's a preseason game or, you know, and can't do that and expect to win. That's the Saints' Dennis Allen. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. We are coming to you live at Wild Ridge Golf Course. We are in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and uh, loving it, enjoying ourselves here big time. And uh, today we got our cigar dinner coming up from Tobacco Outlet Plus Grocery. That is Tobacco Outlet Plus uh, Plus Grocery, which uh, we have our cigar dinner coming up. And then uh, later on tonight, well, I should say our, our golf outing, then cigar dinner coming up. And then uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be at Wissota High Shore Supper Club in Chippewa Falls and then back down to celebrations in La Crosse uh, to kind of close things out. So we still have a few of these left. So if you uh, have not gotten tickets yet and you're in the western portion of the state of Wisconsin, go to TobaccoOutletPlusGrocery.com. That's TobaccoOutletPlusGrocery.com and see for yourself. See for yourself. And um, that way there's still, there's still some tickets you can grab onto and come out and join us. We'd love to have you. Hey, coming up after the top of the hour, Mike Clements is going to join us here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Mike live up in Green Bay, and then Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette going to join us at the bottom of the hour. A little bit of a change-up just because the Packers are going to go full pad, full practice today uh, just after the top of the hour. So Mike is going to join us uh, while he's still got some time away from practice before heading over to the Ray Nitschke Field and uh, taking in Packers practice before their final preseason game of the year. And so Mike's going to join us, and then Eric Baranchek at the Green Bay Press Gazette as we break down the film from uh, this past Friday night. So we'll talk about all that kind of stuff coming up. Uh, this one is from Rudy. Rudy says, Unit, love the fact that you're at a golf course. Lost the picture. I, You know what? I'm trying to pull it back up, Rudy. Uh, the Internet out here is not always the best. Not always the best with the live stream. So just an FYI, uh, it's nothing that uh, you're doing wrong. Just hang in there. Sometimes it comes back. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we need to reset it. But we will certainly uh, try to 
try to get it taken care of for you. Okay, so just hang in there. It'll happen. It'll happen at some point. It'll work out. Uh, he then goes on to say, I think Jordan Love took a huge step forward. A lot of people are still down on him, those that are the haters. Okay, here's my question. And before, and I, I thank you for the rest of your email. Here's the question. What is actually a Jordan Love hater? Because I've been told that I'm a hater. And I said, I don't hate him. I think Jordan Love's a nice guy. Hate's a strong word. So my question is, what is actually a hater? What makes a hater? Because I'm not a hater. I've been kind of a realist to this point. I haven't seen consistent flashes. I haven't seen that wow factor. I, You've seen a little bit of it in camp. I know that they worked on his footwork and his base and, and all that. You saw a few good throws in the game. And I, I said, hey, I give him credit. He looked better. But I don't have to gush over Jordan Love to prove to you that I'm not a, quote, hater. And I certainly don't hate. But what is what is considered a hater? Tell me. Fill me in. I'd love to know. Hey, stick around. We're going to hear from Mike Clemens coming up here in a little bit. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette going to be joining us. Rowdy's going to be sitting in for Ebo, And at some point, we got to get Rowdy's rant on the Milwaukee Brewers, which I thought was epic. Just rolling through counterpoint after counterpoint after counterpoint as to why the Brewers, as he put it, sucks. We'll get into that discussion. Stick around. A lot more Wild Ridge Golf Course here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We'll be back right after this.